0: So I want to talk to you tonight about the work of the Holy Spirit. I have just been really um, overwhelmed with just the, this direction today. I feel like the Lord is really saying we need to focus more on the work of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost in our lives. Um, you know, the world is so full right now of spiritual activity, Uh It's like things have been unleashed. You know, I I was looking through my um, Instagram page one day, and I heard this young man just say, my name is the Beast. Very casually, he said, my name is the Beast. My name is Legion, and we are many. And they were just talking. They were just, and I thought, okay, if that doesn't arrest your heart as a Christian, then nothing else will because these kids are so inundated with so much spiritual activity and i think sometimes we are maybe not aware i don't know we need to be more aware of what's going on because we need to be aware of the enemy's devices but we need to be aware of of what kind of battle we're in and what we have available to help people that's why we're here we have been given you know everything we need pertaining to life and godliness to help people and we have you know the weapons of our warfare are not carnal they're not flesh and blood but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and that's what this is exactly there's strongholds these people are are have open doors to the devil and i like to say one open door is all open doors because the devil if he can get his toe in your door then he'll just come right on in eventually And so, you know, I just, my heart was grieved over this young man. And I thought, how many more are there that are entertaining devils and don't realize they are? And I'm not going to focus so much so on on the demonic side, although it is a very important um, aspect. And we do teach about, you know, being set free from demons um, and being delivered from those spiritual um, activity. But I want to focus more so on... The Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit tonight. So as I was uh, I was studying, I heard the Holy Spirit say this, and you might write this down. He said, your accuracy in the Spirit, and you know, when I say in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, listening to the Spirit, hearing the Spirit, obeying the Spirit, your accuracy in the Spirit is dependent on your response to the Spirit. Your accuracy in the Spirit is dependent upon your response in the Spirit, so I really believe the Holy Spirit is hovering over us right now. He's in us. He lives inside of us. If we've accepted Jesus, he's on the inside. But I do believe that he's hovering and he's waiting to move. He's waiting on us. And we'll get into that some more. But I want to just address a few things. So the accuracy in the Spirit is dependent on our response. And I I was thinking about it on the way here. I was praying in the Spirit. And just thinking about how, you know, when I trained to get my... um, Concealed license. Um, How I didn't know what I was doing at all. I I still kind of don't know. But anyway, so (laughs) I'm licensed, but licensed to kill, supposedly. But anyway, I might by accident maybe. But anyway, so when you (laughs) when you're training to shoot, you know, there you've got your your um, guide next to you, and he's telling you what to do and how to hold it and how to. He's training you what to do, what not to do, right? and I have to listen to him, I can just stand there and go, I don't, I don't need your help. I know what I'm doing, you know? And, and, and so there's the listening side, and then there's the, the, the correction side, because there's some things I was doing wrong that he had to say. Now, you don't put your finger in the thingy until you're ready, you know, you know, yeah, the thingy. And so you can tell I'm well-trained. <laughs> and so, but all these things that I've, I have learned will help my accuracy you see where i'm going with this and so i have to listen i have to be willing to be corrected i have to be humble i can't go in there and say i know what i'm doing and you know be like uh you know what's his name barney fife and have my bullet in my pocket because i'm not very accurate (laughs) So I think Saunders is pretty accurate. And they say some women are more accurate than men. But anyway, my point is, in order for us to be accurate in the spirit, now when I say in the spirit, that means hearing him. Um, I, I don't want this to sound like, you know, I'm trying to be extra spiritual. But when I come here, there are multiple ways for me to come here. There are multiple ways for me to go home because we live in Cedar Park. And every time I am listening how to go home because there are some times when I feel like the normal way that I go home, I shouldn't go that way because I'm listening for the Holy Spirit to guide me because I feel like maybe there might be another way I need to go. Now, I don't want that to sound fruity to you because, you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't care what kind of toilet paper you buy or what brand of milk you buy. You don't have to ask him for every little detail. He's God's given you, you know, some intellect to use it. And uh, But I'm just saying, though, there might be something that and I'm not saying, you know, he might say, don't buy that milk because maybe it's bad that day. I don't know. But I'm, my point is, is the guide is on the inside for us to be able to hear his voice and to lead us and guide us in truth and out of lies. So the Holy Spirit is a person. How many agree? Holy Spirit is not just an it. A lot of people refer to him as an it, and that is not true. The Holy Spirit is not just when we pray. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He's not just the last part of the Godhead that we, and we never mention him again. It's, you know, and I'm really seeing this right now. Gosh, I have so much to cover. So I'm really seeing, you know, it's like the wind. We don't see the wind, but we hear and we feel the effects of the wind, right? And the Holy Spirit, he is here. And I may not see him right now, but I can feel him. Can you feel him? I can feel the effects of him in my heart. I can see the effects of him on people in people's lives, and so, um, so, you know, we're talking right now with the ladies about living intentional. We're I'm, praise the Lord, I'm writing this whole <laughs> curriculum. And the Holy Spirit is showing me how to do it, and I don't know what I'm doing, but he's giving it to me. He's just dropping it in my heart. But he's showing me how important that my word is intentional, how we need to live intentionally every day. But he was showing me that with this. He was saying, you have to intentionally be listening for the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, if we're not training ourselves to be listening for the voice of the Holy Spirit, to be obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit, we won't do it. We'll just follow our own intellect, Right? And so, um, so, he's called the Holy Spirit for a reason, because he is holy, and he is the only spirit that is holy. There are many spirits, but he is the only one that is holy, and he's the only one that deserves the name Holy Spirit, right? Okay, so, sometimes when we're, we're you know, we'll be praying for people, or, you know, I, I've come in contact with people, just on a day-to-day basis, you're trying to help people, you're praying over people and sometimes you know when you hear and i'm not just saying you know people are demon possessed all the time i'm just saying sometimes when you hear somebody say, i'm so confused i can't make a decision you know i've got this going on that going on and i just can't seem to get things right you know that's most likely a spirit problem (laughs) um and we are a spirit. You guys understand, we're three-part being. We are a spirit. We live in a body, and we have a, a mind, will, and emotion. That's our soulish realm. So who we are is a spirit man, a pneuma man, spirit, God-breathed pneuma man. And so, you know, it's important. Um, one of the stories that I, I wanted to share with you is, you know, one of my fathers of faith, Kenneth e. Hagan, uh, tells a story of how when they used to travel, they would bring a little trailer with them just to kind of have a little piece of home with them. And one time they were parked outside of a church and it was nighttime and um, they heard the door open, or he did, and he didn't pay attention to it. And um, he, no, he did. He got up and went check. There wasn't anybody there. And so time went on, and then he started recognizing there were some, some uh, monetary issues with his ministry because there were things going on in the world, His monies was, was being affected because of. and he started praying and asking the Lord about what to do. And he said, "I sent an angel for you to give you uh, guidance and to give you instruction, but you ignored him. He came that night, that was what that door was the opening of that door, and you didn't acknowledge the help that I sent. So, so I'm thinking, man, how many times have we had, you know, angels, ministering angels? The word talks about ministering angels that want want to come and minister life to us. He sends his angels. And how many times do we just ignore it or we just I've done that many times. Um, I always trained our kids when they would hear voices at night, and I don't when I say voices, they would come in and say, Did you call me? You know, the whole Samuel story. I say, No, just say next time. Here, here I am, Lord, your servant here, you know, speak, Lord, your servant here, because I want my kids to learn to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, our kids. He always says, I say my kids, our kids, right? So, it, if you, it's a training ground. We've got to train ourselves to listen for his voice. Now, I, we do have to be careful listening to voices. We need to train ourselves to listen to the Holy Spirit, and that comes through getting into his word, right, and being under the teaching of the Holy Spirit. So, the person is, the person of the Holy Spirit can be hurt. The word talks about it. There's you can blaspheme the Holy Spirit. You can insult the Holy Spirit. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can lie about the Holy Spirit. You can quench uh, by rebellion the Holy Spirit. Uh, you can stop him from moving. You can rebel against him uh, through disobedience. Um, and then there's the sin of calling the Holy Spirit a demon, and that's the unforgivable or unpardonable sin. Of course, we know that. Um, so the first step I want to say is he is holy, and everybody agrees with that. The Holy Spirit is holy. The second point is he is called the spirit of grace. And we understand that um, the grace is from God, and that grace that we have, it, it post it's a postponement of God's judgment in our lives. We understand that the Holy Spirit came to judge the world, but because of the grace of God, there is, like we were talking earlier, what comes is not condemnation, but conviction from the Holy Spirit that arrests our heart and lets us know, hey, I need to make this change. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? So um, when, that, when that judgment comes in, he gives us grace. Amen? He, it's, it's a conviction, not a judgment. It's a conviction from the Holy Spirit. So that's the spirit of grace. The third one is the spirit of burning or the spirit, or a fire, and we call it our conscience, and that's when um, he puts an awareness on the inside of us to help us, to help our chooser. How many have a chooser on the inside? We all do. And some, how many need help with your chooser sometimes? Your chooser wants to choose the wrong thing. I know sometimes we uh, liken this to uh, food. You know, we we got a chooser on the inside, whether we want to eat the right or wrong thing. And sometimes our chooser doesn't want to choose well, but the Holy Spirit is there to help us with all things, right? So he's called the uh, the spirit of burning or the spirit of fire. Are you with me? Yeah, all right, I'm trying to go quick so we can get all this in. Um, so then he's also called the spirit of truth, and this is the one that most people are aware of, the spirit of truth. He leads us and guides us. So let's look at John 16, 13. And it says, I'm going to make it smaller. But when he, the spirit of truth, the truth-giving spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth, the whole, full truth. How many know there's part truth and there's part lies? And usually that comes through doctrines of men, that people will mix up what they think about things and mix it in with the truth. And that is not the whole truth, the whole God's honest truth, right? So we need to be careful about that. We judge everything according to what the word of God says. For he will not speak his own message on his own authority. He does not speak on his own authority. He speaks on the authority that he's been given just as we have. But he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. And he will give the message that has been given to him. And he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. So if there's a spirit of truth, then there are spirits of, of lies, right? Right? And the, and the word gives us the specific about what the spirit of truth will say and do. It The spirit of truth will, uh, the spirit of lies will never agree that Jesus is Lord. The spirit of lies will not agree with um, that Jesus is the only way. It's just like, you know, I gave a testimony a few weeks ago about the, the um, man, I think he was Hindu, that I ended up talking, Hayden and I ended up talking to in the parking lot for a lengthy amount of time. I don't know what it was completely about other than I planted a seed, talked to him for about 45 minutes, and then he started talking to me about how he believed that Jesus was a man, and he had written about him, and I said, okay, you've kept me for 40 minutes talking about your stuff. Now, let me ask you, do you know where you're going to go when you die? And he goes, oh, you're a preacher. You come from preachers. And I said, no, you need to know where you're going because there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And it's important that you know where you're going. And so he says, oh, I spit on my father's grave, my grandfather's grave, if I believe what you believe. And I said, I'm sad for you and I'll pray for you because you need to know that Jesus is the only way to make it to heaven. And uh, that's the antichrist spirit that doesn't believe that Jesus is the only way, right? Okay, so the spirit of God, the spirit of truth will show us that that is, that Jesus is the only way. So let's look at... um, those, those spirits of lie, they come to infiltrate and propagate lies. And we can see that, boy, in our world today. The Holy Spirit comes to counteract those lies. Um, so let's look at 1 John 2, 2.22. And this is the Amplified. It says, who is such a liar as he who denies that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah? He is the Antichrist the antagonist of Christ, who habitually denies and refuses to acknowledge the Father and the Son. That's what I was talking about earlier. you know and, and we see that spirit of Antichrist rising up in our world today. But we are the light of the world, like I talked about a couple weeks ago, that we're the salt and we're the light, and that's what God's called us to be, that we are here to preserve like salt does. We're here to make a difference. We're here to be the light, and we're here to spread the love of Jesus. But we're supposed to be led by the Holy Spirit that leads us where we're to uh, infiltrate and talk to others and help others see uh, the light. And the revelation comes through us, right? So the Holy Spirit's name reveals his character and who he is, Holy Spirit. Number five, the fifth uh, point on who the Spirit is, he's the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So let me just say this, information is not revelation. Information is not revelation. And, you know, you can get all kinds of knowledge, head knowledge, understanding, and even get head knowledge and understanding of the Word. But if you don't have a revelation, a real revelation of who the Holy Spirit is, who Jesus is, who, what God has done for you, your identity and who you are in Christ, those things, those things reveal, I, I feel like just studying on this today, it was like my mind, my, my heart, my mind and my, and my spirit was opened up. To really receive and understand even more. There was so much revelation that came today just from, from looking into the Word of God. And that's where we find it, is in His Word, right? Amen? You agree? So wisdom and knowledge. Uh, knowledge is the info that God knows. And wisdom is the ability to use that knowledge effectively or to apply it effectively. So only the Holy Spirit knows how to apply knowledge. Only the Holy Spirit knows. We can think we know things, but until we're really tapped into the Spirit and being led by the Spirit and hearing from His voice, we're just operating out of head knowledge. And this is where I think it's real important, you know, where you are in your church. You're here tonight, but there's a lot of churches out there that aren't teaching the Word of God. They're just teaching man's opinions. They're teaching what they think is right, and um, some things are just not quite right, and I don't want to come against any, but I just want to say that it's important that we're hearing, we're in a church where it is a word-based church, where we're hearing the Word of God, that it's based on the truth and the understanding of the Holy Spirit, and that we're seeking God, and we're getting revelation from Him, and we're flowing in His Spirit, that there's the the, the gifts Are flowing in this place so we're not just tapped into just an agenda and we've not put God in a box and the Holy Spirit has the ability to say wait a minute I want you just to forget whatever else you got planned and let's just lay out on the altar and just lift up praises unto God you know there's there's a beauty in being able just to flow like that to lay aside what our our thoughts are and our agenda might be and do what he wants to do. And we endeavor every Sunday to, to follow. And then there's times when he says, okay, this is what I want you to teach and this is what I want you to give, like tonight. And I, I the people need to hear this. And so that's led by the Spirit too. The Holy Spirit can plan things. A lot of people think just because you're not just flowing and going that you're not following the Holy Spirit. And that's not true. The Holy Spirit is also a planner. He likes to give us direction. Amen? So I love that. I love being able to, to flow, and I love to hear his voice. And, hear you know, the word says that he'll show us things to come so he can show us what's next and how to do it. So, okay, so I want to just uh, delve into this, this last part. The spirit of promise is number six. He's the spirit of promise. So we, I want to just... I want to just go here for a minute, and if you will, just hang on with me. So he's the spirit of promise, because it was the spirit that we lost. And I'm going to go into this here in a minute. The human is a spirit. The human, hum, it's, it's actually humus, which means dirt. So a human being is actually dirt breathed. <laughs> so God came along and, and made a man out of a piece of dirt. So turn first next to you and say, you're just dirt to me. <laughs> just just dirt, you know, just a clob of dirt. And um, and then God came along and he breathed into man. And so, so we're supposed to, God wanted us to rule the earth, not only but to dominate the earth and to stay in touch with him. And that was his plan and his agenda with Adam from the very beginning. We're going to talk about that. So we're to live from the inside out, not from the outside in. We're so touchy-feely. And for whatever reason, God gave us all these touchy-feely emotions and feelings. But the Word says that the just live by faith, not by what we see, what we feel, what we hear. We're supposed to be living from the inside out. We're supposed to be led by our spirits from within us. So the Holy Spirit reaches us from the inside, not, not, not from what we're seeing, not how we feel, not what we're smelling or hearing. Uh, we have to be led by the Spirit, discernment. This is where discernment comes in. And it's important that we are led by the Holy Spirit in this hour. It is vital that we're led by the Holy Spirit in this hour. So David's father, Jesse, when he was told to bring his sons, and he brought them the smartest, the cutest, the most handsome, the brawny, the whatever, you know, maybe they could sing, dance. I don't know what all they could do, but tallest, whatever, And Samuel had wisdom. He had discernment. He said, no, that's not the right one. No, that's not the right one. No. And then he says, well, I only have this one left. Y'all know the story. He brought David. And the word says that David was ruddy. Ruddy? What is ruddy? I'm thinking he was like, you know, redheaded and freckled, maybe from the sun and probably smelled like goats. Sorry. And (laughs) And, you know, and he was probably not the best presentation of what Jesse had in offering sons. But Samuel had discernment and wisdom, and he said, that's the one. He saw a king in the one that he didn't think was the right one. I want to just encourage you, there's kings sitting in this room, and you may not think you're the right one, and you might be judging yourself after the flesh, but the Word of God says to know no man after the flesh, and that includes yourself. Because God's put something on the inside of you, that's greater than what you can even imagine. And if you're being led by what you see, what you feel, what you hear, what your past is, what you're good at, what you're not good at, then you're being led by the very wrong thing because you're to be led by what the Holy Spirit has placed on the inside. And he's put gifts and callings in each and every person that's in this room. And he's not forsaken you. He's not forgotten you. And you might be going through a whirlwind of things going on in your life. You know, every one of us has things we're we're going through right now. But hang on tight. And listen to the voice of the Spirit, because there's more. There is more. We are not there yet. There is more. But I want to encourage you, be praying in the Spirit. Get in the Word of God. Know what the Word says about who you are. Find out who you are in Christ. Study on the identity of your who you are in Christ. And know that more than anything right now, so that you have discernment. Amen. So what looks good isn't always right. What looks good isn't always right. You might think something might look good. I like what my husband said one time. He was telling me, he said, uh, I don't Just because something is big and large and has lots of lots of folks following it doesn't mean that it's a success. Because Hitler had a whole lot of people following after him, and it was not a successful thing. So we have to be really led by our heart about what the Lord wants us to follow after, right? Our Our daughter wanted to go to I'll say a school, college, she was following after her boyfriend. And so we went and checked it out. Yeah, they do that. And uh, so we went and sat in chapel and, and you know, and it, it was an expensive school and it was very, everything looked really nice and everybody treated us well. And it just was just impressive. But I left that place and I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, everything isn't always as it seems, and I knew it was wrong. <laughs> I knew it. She only went one semester. And we're still paying for it. But anyway, so um, if everything isn't always as it seems. There might be some things deep on the inside that you've not discovered yet. And that discovery is only c- going to come by the Holy Spirit. I want to just encourage you. If you're going through a rough time, I, I hope everyone here prays in the Spirit Pray in the spirit over it because when you pray in the spirit, you pray out, the word says, mysteries and secrets, but you pray out the perfect plan of God over your life. And so you're laying out the track so that your train has somewhere to go. If you're not laying out the track, then God has nothing to work with, right? So we've got to pray out in the spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us to help us have discernment. Okay, so Samuel knew who the king was. He had discernment. Tell somebody next to you, say, you don't know who I am. I might be somebody you don't know. There might be something better on the inside of me than you realize. (laughs) Right? Okay. So, praise the Lord. So, Adam walked and talked with God. We know that scripture in Genesis. It says he walked and talked with God. How did he walk and talk with God? Because the Holy Spirit was indwelling on the inside of him. He walked and talked with God in the cool of the day, it says. So look at John five nineteen. Let me see if I put those scriptures in there. I think I did. Five, John five 19. We're going to skip over to this real quick, and then we'll go over to Genesis. So Jesus answered them by saying, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, the Son is able to do nothing of himself, of his own accord, but he is able to do only what he sees the Father do, Whatever the Father does is what the Son does in the same way. I think one translation says he he let's see, what is it? He sees what the father thinks. The actual literal translation says he sees what the father thinks. In other words, the Holy Spirit was showing him what the Father wanted him to do by what the Holy what the Father was thinking. Remember when he was teaching and the, and the Sadducees and Pharisees came against him, remember that? And he said, I say what I hear my father say, I do what I hear. And they thought he was blasphemous because he thought he was just like God. How dare you be just like God? But he knew who god was because he had the holy spirit indwelling on the inside of him remember the spirit said uh, the scripture says he read the scripture in isaiah he said the spirit of the lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel he's anointed me to set the captives free remember the open blinded eyes all that well, the holy spirit came upon him and so it says jesus helped the sick and he raised the dead how did he do it because the father worked in him the father was speaking to him so, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was ministering to Jesus what to do. So, it, so, let's look at Genesis real quick. I'm going to show you something here. Genesis 2, 17. It says, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil uh, is where God's telling them what to do. And he says, um, he's saying not to partake of the tree of good and, knowledge, uh, good and evil and blessing and calamity you shall not eat. For in that day, this is the part I wanted to get to. For in that day, if you eat it, you will surely die. God's talking to Adam. He's saying, if you partake of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you will die. Okay, do you guys know how old Adam lived to be? 930, I think is what it was. So he didn't physically die that day, but he spiritually died that day. He lost connection with God that day. Okay, so... Death in God's eyes is when your spirit man leaves you and the spirit of the Lord leaves you. Not just your spirit man, you're the spirit of the Lord. And Adam died that day. So then in Genesis uh, 3, 7, it says, then the eyes of them both were opened, Adam and Eve. Both of their eyes were opened and they knew they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron-like girdles. So they knew that something was different. They recognized. So at that point, their eyes were opened to their faults, their condemn- all those condemnation thoughts, those things, and they became ruled by the external environment at that point. Before, they had been ruled by their internal leading and guiding. Now, they had lost that spirit leading, and they were being ruled by the external environment. So, nothing is worse than being left to your own intelligent <laughs> intelligence and being led by that. There's nobody more important to have in your life than the Holy Spirit. Amen? Uh, It's dangerous to have everyone else in your life except the Holy Spirit. You have to have the Holy Spirit in your life. So Adam became a victim of his own senses. No longer led by the Spirit, he was led by his senses so in Genesis three fifteen it says, "I will put enmity between you and woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. And he will bruise uh, and tread on your your head underfoot, and you will be, lie in wait and bruise his heel. And he will come and and crush your head. But I will restore man." So that was all um, a pro- basically prophetic about Jesus, how Jesus would come and crush uh, the enemy. So what did man lose that day? He lost the Holy Spirit. I believe that when God breathed into man, He breathed life into him, but he Everything about God he gave. He gave him the Holy Spirit at that time. And so everything Jesus did when he came on the earth was a means to the end. He did everything he did to make us clean vessels so that the Holy Spirit could once again live in man. Jesus had a part to play in those three years. He came, he lived, he did he miracles, signs, and wonders, he died, he rose again provided because of the blood of Jesus, provided a way for, come, for us to come boldly to the throne of grace in our time of need. He, he, the veil was torn. He made a way for us for to have new life. But the Holy Spirit had not yet been restored. In the Old Testament, God said, I will make my abode in you. And he, he didn't come within the prophets if you read the, Holy, Holy, the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon the prophets to prophesy, and then he left them. He just came upon them. Samson had the Holy Spirit come upon him. He was strong, right? The prophets had the had word of the Lord came upon them, and then that was it. it the Holy Spirit did not dwell within them. Their spirits, uh, if our spirits were, were contaminated with sin and rebellion, uh, the Holy Spirit could not dwell within them. Because there was not, there was not, the lamb had not been slain. So they had to make sacrifice for the sins. So they were carrying sins. They were carrying rebellion. They were carrying enmity against God because Jesus hadn't come yet. So the Holy Spirit couldn't dwell within those people because they were unholy. Right? You get what I'm saying? And the only way they could be holy was to make a sacrifice. So they did the sacrifices. The blood was shed. The, you know, where the blood is shed, that's the remission of sins. And Jesus came to give the ultimate sacrifice. And so, let's look at this real quick here. I have in my notes here, we can't expect the Holy Spirit to hang around if we're living unholy lives. So, we have to live holy lives. We can't enjoy ungodly things and expect a holy God to dwell within. The Holy Spirit convicts you. He does not condemn you. hes He's a gentleman. So, in John 20... John twenty seventeen, he says, Jesus said to her, do not cling to me. This was after he had been raised from the dead. And uh, Mary, I believe it was Mary, uh, came to Mary Magdalene, yes, came to him and said, it, he said to her, don't cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brethren and tell them I'm ascending to my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. Away came Mary Magdalene bringing the disciples the news that she had seen the Lord and that he had seen these things That he had said these things to her. And then Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me for so I'm sending you. Okay, this is the important verse. Verse 22, it says, and having said this, have you ever seen this? He breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So God breathed life, the Holy Spirit, into man in Genesis. Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit at that point, into man. Jesus did the same thing God did in Genesis. He told them. Then after that, he said, wait for the power. He said, go to Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. The Holy Spirit's work today is the most important work that can be done in this hour. We can focus on, and I, I'm not taking away from Jesus. We, it's all connected the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. We can focus on all the things, but we need to be focusing on hearing the voice of the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit, because that's what's going to save people's lives. The revelation has to come by the Spirit. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit. It's not going to be of our own strength and our own ability. It has to come by the Spirit. Okay, so in the Old Testament, there were the the works of the Father God. In the four Gospels, it was the work of Jesus. And in the present age now, I believe it is the age of the Holy Spirit. Not that we do one without the other. They're all connected. Please don't misunderstand or misinterpret me. So the disciples were standing and waiting and gazing at Jesus. And they were just looking at him. And the angel came and asked and said, why do you stand and gaze And then said, go and wait for the Holy Spirit. They're standing there gazing at Jesus. Oh, look at him. He's beautiful. Well, he went on. His work was done. It's a finished work. The cross, the death, burial, and the resurrection, it's finished. He said it. It's finished. Now, what did Jesus say? He said, it's better that I go, that the Holy Spirit can come. And he will help you. He will be your comforter. He'll be your strengthener. He'll be your guide. He'll be your teacher. He'll be your advocate. All the things that we need. Do you have Holy Ghost goosebumps yet? I do. (laughs) I think it's awesome. So we got to redirect a little bit our focus. Be intentional about the Holy Spirit and the work that he wants to do in this hour. Right? So we can't be waiting on appearances of Jesus and and. And things happening in the nighttime and, you know, and Jesus is saying, listen to the Holy Spirit. He's the one that I've sent to help you. He helped me now. He's here to help you. Romans 8, 14 says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. So what does he do? He guides us. He speaks to us. He protects us. He redirects us. So the Father introduced us to the Son, and now the Son has introduced us to the Holy Spirit. So there's a job that the Holy Spirit plays in our, our lives. There's a working. There's a Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works in this world. And so in Genesis 1-2, you remember, we don't have to go to it. The Holy Spirit hovered over the darkness. It says he brooded over the darkness. I believe that he is attracted to the darkness to be there to make a change. I think a lot of people, uh, I know we have to be respectful of him and honor him. And, and I, know, I know there's, when the Holy Spirit is moving, we need, because we're accountable for what we know. So when we're in this place, we need to be honorable and accountable for what we know and respect his presence in this place. But I believe, in this, like Genesis says, he was brooding, he was hovering over the darkness. What is, was he waiting for? Well, in the next verse, it says, and God said let therapy. he's waiting on a voice he's waiting on the word of the Lord he's waiting on us to say something he's brooding over the darkness in your life right now waiting on you to say something what's he waiting on you to say to speak the word only what is the word John 1 Jesus is the word made flesh so and it says in the scripture, he's not going to do anything on his own. He can't do anything on his own. He's waiting on us to speak the word, the living, breathing flesh of Jesus, the word of God over our situation. And there's life and death and the power of the tongue. We know that. And those who love it will eat the fruit of it. So when we start speaking things, we start declaring things over our situation. We're breathing life just like, Je- just like God did. When he breathed life into man, he breathed life into the dust, and he said something. So I want to say to you, what are you saying about your situation? What are you saying over your circumstances? You know, it's just like when the, when they were, the disciples came to Jesus and said, these people are hungry. What, you know, what do we do? He said, what have I given you to do? What did I give you? Work with me here. What is he saying to you tonight? God, I've got a problem in my body. I've got financial problems. He's saying, work with me here. I've given you something to operate in to work that out. Now, if we're just saying the opposite things, you know, like, you know, I'm going to lose my house. Well, the devil said, oh, thank you for agreeing with me. I'll take that, you know. I, I don't feel good. This pain is worse than ever. Oh, thank you. I'll work with that then. Or, you know, my kids are going to the dogs. Roof, roof, thank you for that. I'll work with that. Let me take those kids. Or are you saying something like, God has not given me a spirit of fear. I have a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The greater one lives on the inside of me. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed coming in and going out. The favor of God is all over me. Favor follows me everywhere I go. I'm blessed abundantly. Everything I set my hand to is prosperous and blessed. What are you saying over your business? What are you saying over your family? What are you saying over your church? This church is full of Holy Ghost people. Filled with the Holy Spirit and ready to go. I don't want to stand before God someday. And he says, what did you do with what I gave you to do? And then give him all the excuses about my circumstances and my life and why I couldn't make things right. It's up to you to live your life intentionally. It's up to you to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's up to you to do what he's called you to do. Amen? Okay, so stop making excuses, whoever that is. (laughs) Stop doing it. All right, let me see here. He's watching. You know, that's the other thing. He watches over his word to perform it. So where is his word? If it's not coming out of your mouth, it's just in your brain, put some word over your situation. Spread some word. I have, you know, when we were believing God for for our eldest son, he's our prodigal. 11 years on my knees. Thank you, Jesus. And you guys have seen what an amazing testimony he is, and he's not here, so I can say a little bit, but um, just, I'm telling you, 130 pounds, look at him now, he's, a, he's amazing, and he has a heart for God, and he, he told me the other day, he said, Mom, I pray all the time, I pray all the time, and he's always been given to prayer, but the one thing that we did, and, and my mother-in-law actually encouraged me with this, was to laminate scripture and post it on the inside of your cabinets in your kitchen. The Word of God. What do you believe in God for over your circumstances, over your finances, over your children? What do you want to see into your future? What are the desires of your heart? Don't let go of your desires. Don't just let time pass and you not step towards what's in your heart. Write it down. Put the vision down and plant it on the insides of your kitchen cabinets and say, this is what I believe today in Jesus' name and it'll help you with your senses it'll help you Ephesians 2 talks about how you're no longer bound to your senses that's who you were that's not who I am that's who I was and now I'm delivered from those things amen praise god so you got to say something 1 Corinthians 6:17 are you guys good I'm almost done 1 Corinthians 6:17 19 through 20 but the person who is united to the Lord Becomes one spirit with him. You are one with the spirit of God. Do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit? So because of what Jesus did, because of all those things now... We have the Holy Spirit indwelling, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, whom you have received as a gift from God. You are not your own. You were bought with a price, purchased with a preciousness, and paid or made his own. So then honor God and bring glory to him in your body. So I want to just encourage you. The second part of that, after Jesus breathed life, breathed the Holy Spirit, then he said, go and wait. And, of course, we know what happened in Acts. And... That is the empowerment or the release. That's why when people become saved, they have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. Jesus breathed. But there's an empowerment, a release of the power of the Spirit that came in Acts. And what did it do? If you read Acts, I was looking at it today. It said that it it set upon them, and it was tongues of fire, tongues of fire. And then they started saying something. See, I believe the Holy Spirit comes within you, and that presence comes within you to lead and guide, but then there's something else that happens when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, and there's a release of his power that affects what you're saying about your circumstances. There's fire that comes with that, that brings power to release people from their bondages and to bring salvation to people, amen, to set captives free. Not that you can't do it, but that's where the power comes from. From the release of the Holy Spirit by speaking with the evidence of speaking. Amen. That's why it's important. We're praying in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Somebody sent me this little clip. Man, it made me cry. Somebody sent me this little clip of this older lady. Can I just show it to you? I don't have it on the thing. But maybe you can kind of. It just was amazing. This older lady, she's probably, I don't know. 80, maybe. I don't know if I can find it. Let's see if I can find it. And it just was, oh, goodness. Uh, It's saying, I'm using the wrong version. I'm using the wrong version. I I wrote it down, what she said, but if you can imagine this silver-haired older lady standing in front of hundreds of people, and she is shouting this, preaching this out with all her might. And she says, um, she says, if you're if you're a God called preacher, then you ought to prepare better than a trial trial lawyer facing the biggest case. You ought to study harder than a doctor preparing for brain surgery. You want to stay more alert than a truck hauling truck driver hauling a nuclear bomb. Because if a lawyer loses his case, his client goes to jail. You're Yours goes to outer darkness, and if the surgeon's hands slip, his patient spends 30 years in a wheelchair. Yours spends forever in hell, and if a truck, trucker breaks concentration, his mistake blasts a hole the size of a Yankee stadium. But your drive, yours drives off into a bottomless pit. Man, it just brought so much conviction to my heart. And I thought, are we doing what we need to do alongside with the Holy Spirit to make a difference so that people are not dying and going to hell? We have been equipped. We are equipped with everything we need. We've got the person of the Godhead living on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit speaking through us, guiding us, directing us. We need to put more focus on him and allow him to speak and lead and guide Now, there's a difference between him and our emotion. And that's where we have to be careful that we're not tapping into emotion. Emotion is a different thing. And it's a training ground. But again, like I said earlier, you'll be more accurate with it the more you respond. And it could just be something simple like, you know, Jesus isn't going to stand before you and say, make a cake for your neighbor. Or, you know, give Annette $20. You know, it's not like that. He just gives those nudges on the inside. Make a cake for somebody. Go tell that person they look beautiful today. Call somebody. They need to hear an encouraging word. Text somebody. They need to hear an encouraging word. Be a blessing today. Those little nudges are the ones that will will articulate his voice louder and louder on the inside of you. So...